Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Today we are continuing in our sermon series in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet sent by God to speak his word to the people of Judah. Well, we have seen that Isaiah himself has experienced the forgiveness of God. God has sent him to uh, preach the word of God. And last week, um, Dave uh, talked about Emmanuel, which means God is with us or God be with us. And brothers and sisters, the good news in that is is that if you have trusted God as your Savior, God is always with you. We are not left alone to fend um, for ourselves in this world. We never have to figure out things on our own. For the God of the cross is with us. Amen? Amen. Today we will um, be in chapter 9. And we will be reading verses um, 1 through 7. So if you're willing and able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Again, I'll reading at verse number 1. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former times, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtal. But in the latter times, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land before the Jordan, Galilee of nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of darkness, those who dwell in a land of darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased joy. They receive, they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide it, when they divide the spoils. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulders, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle tumult. And every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and is given to us in love. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I simply pray that you would open our hearts and minds that we may receive from you. 
I pray now, God, that you will calm any nervousness, any fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to say before I get into the sermon, I am happy to be back. Sonia and I were gone for two weeks. And as I stand here, I standing there, and when Gloria came in, she was like, I missed y'all. And I thought about this, that in, in almost 28 years of ministry, in 28 years of ministry, I've never missed two Sundays in a row in church in 28 years. It was, it was good. It was good to be a way to relax. So I, I am grateful for the opportunity to have had a chance to, to get a break. Amen? But I'm back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So listen, to, to fully understand what's happening in chapter 9, we got to have an understanding of what was going on in chapter 8. So the gloom that the prophet is talking about, uh, it talks about the people were about to be invaded by Assyria. And as they were going to be invaded by Assyria, the people were tempted to give in to fear and panic and attach themselves to the promises of this world. Uh, at the time of this prophecy, much of Judah, Judah had already been destroyed. So in the light of what was going on, it would be easy for the people of Judah just to trust in the wrong source. Um, it was easy. They could follow um, all the conspiracies that were happening of that day. And boy, to talk about conspiracies, that, that's a whole sermon by itself. You could get caught up in conspiracies and you'll begin to uh, follow the wrong thing. Let's look at verse 12 in chapter 8. Verse 12 says this. Actually, we'll look at start at 11. For the Lord spoke this to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, do not call conspiracy all the things people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. So he's telling him, don't worry about what's happening. Don't, don't, get fo- don't follow up in what people are calling conspiracies and, 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 and following the things of this world. And this is what Judah was saying to the people. Many, many, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah was speaking to Judah many, many, many years ago. And I believe it is true for us today that we can't get caught up in conspiracies. We can't get caught up in that. We, we really need to trust the word of God and believe what God says. Instead of fearing conspiracies and, and worried about threats, we should fear and trust our God. When I say fear, I don't mean run and cower from God. I mean to to respect him, to honor him, to trust him, to put our hope in him, because he is the only one that can truly take care of us. Do I have a witness today? That God is the only one who can make a way out of no way. God is the only one that can allow us to be back into a corner and still come out victorious. It is only him that can do this. Amen? So we see that he said, don't get caught up with him. We need to not fear who's coming against us, but we need to remember what Dave told us last week. Emmanuel, God is with us. 
Isn't that good news? That you're not here by yourself, but God is with us. He says it could be God is with us or God or or God. God is for us or God be with us. Amen. So when we begin to get into a place where we feel like we're all alone and things are closing in on us, we just cry out, Emmanuel, God be with us. So look what he says to them. He tells them not to worry about what's happening. Then he says in verse 14, and he will become a sanctuary and a a stone of offense, a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap, a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. Isn't that something? The same God, the same God who we're going to see that he's going to offer compassion is the same God who's going to offer judgment, compassion and mercy for those that fear him and respect him and and judgment for those who do not fear him. This is the same God I want us to see that we Dave, Dave, Dave said, I heard it in a couple of sermons ago that we can't show God as one God of the Old Testament and a God of a New Testament. This is the same God. This is the same God. The same God is going to have compassion and he's also going to display judgment. Look what it says. Don't trust the world. Don't trust the world. Let's look at verse 19 of this chapter. I'm going to get to chapter nine, but it's important that we get understanding this. It says, behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel for the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And they will say to you, inquire of mediums and, and uh-oh, and Norcomers with, um, who chirp and, and mutter. So listen to what he's saying. So these people who have not trusted God, even some of the some of the remnant of people will look to the dead for answers for the living. Are, are y'all with me? They're, they're going to to go to mediums. They're going to try to find the answers to their problems outside of God. God is the only source for our answer. Amen. He's the answer to all our problems. And and they're going to look outside of God for their answer. So let's let's look at let's look at chapter uh, verse 22 here. Look what he says is going to happen to those people. Verse 22. Those who look to the earth. But behold, darkness and distress, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick, thick darkness. So what they're going to be doing, those who look for their answers, that look for their hope outside of Jesus, that look for their hope outside of God, they're going to look to the earth and behold, they're only going to find distress and darkness. Distress and darkness. Verse 9, chapter 9, as we get into chapter 9, it says, but there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. Who is who is? Her. Her refers to the remnant, the people who are who are under his discipline, the remnant, the people who trust in the Lord. The remnant is the church, the people who who once walked in darkness because of their own disobedience. 
the scripture says that they have seen a great light. God is making their way glorious as in the land of Jordan, Galilee of the nations. So this place has walked in darkness, but God is making a way for them. So it says he has made the glorious, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land of the Jordan, um, Galilee of the nations. So what's so good about the land beyond the Jordan, the um, Galilee? What, what's good about this? This is the place. The place that has been in darkness is now going to see a great light. Y'all want to know what that light is? That light is Jesus because from this place, from this place is where Jesus will start his public ministry. It is from this place the light of Jesus is going to shine. The light of Jesus is going to come to this place and it's going to be the start of when he goes out preaching and teaching and telling people the good news. Isn't that good where he's going to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the place that was once in darkness has seen a great light. And we got to understand that at the time of Isaiah, this prophecy, Isaiah is preaching, y'all, listen to me, 700 years before Christ is coming. Y'all, I don't know about y'all. Y'all, I don't have 700 years. <laughs> hey, listen, he's telling them, he's telling them, you who once walked in light. Now, we understand some of them ain't going to be around. But what it, what's true about this is the, from the moment that Isaiah said it, it was true. Yes, yes. And it gave them something to look forward to. Yes. Brothers and sisters, we have been looking for the return of Christ for how long? Ever since he left. That's right. Amen. And guess what? I am still looking and I still got hope and I still believe he's coming. Amen. So so Isaiah is giving them a prophecy. He's telling them that he's going to come. He's telling them that those who once walked in darkness have seen a marvelous light. Listen to this. Isaiah is speaking. He's not speaking like this going to happen. He's speaking as if it has already happened. We listen, we, we have to sometimes look at ourselves and say, I'm not what I used to be. Are, are y'all with me? And, and I'm not yet all that I shall be. But it's going to happen. Amen? So here it is, here it is. So verse two says this the people, uh, it says, the lighting. Hold on. Hold on. The people. It's not my glasses, Gloria. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. So something has happened to these people. And now light is Jesus. I want us to see. It's nothing that they've done. I'm going to show it to us in the, in the, in the passage here. It's nothing that they have done. They have not woken up and decided that we're going to be good people. We're going to start following the law. We're going to start doing, being obedient to God. A great light has shined on them. So look at this third verse. It says this, you have multiplied the nation. You have. Anybody want to know who this you have is? This is God. 
is God. God has multiplied the nation. So these aren't just a remnant of folk anymore. These people are a great nation. Listen to this. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with a as at the harvest. So you know what happens at the harvest? They get happy because when they, they plant it and they go to they reap their harvest and it's there. Anybody know anything about farming? No, nothing, nothing, because we all city folk. We all city folk. But there, there's nothing, there's nothing like planting something, nurturing it, watch it grow, and then it grows and, and you, can, you can eat from the fruit of the land. That, listen, that, that's, some, that's good stuff, y'all. So, so when these people were able to harvest, what's happening now is the light has shined on them. God has increased them here yet and multiplied them to be a great nation. He's increased its joy, and it's like a harvest has happened. Those people are excited about what God has done. Does, is anybody here excited about what God has done in your life? Has God ever made a way for anybody? Has your back ever been against the wall and God provided for you? Has God been your light in dark places? So, y'all, we ought to be excited about this. So scripture says that the people of Judah, they were excited. And it says that it wasn't. I want to get I want us to get this. I want us to be happy about this because this is good news. It wasn't like they were. They just got a little bit of stuff. It was in abundance. There was an abundance. Y'all, they had a reason to be joyful. There was an abundance. So God, God ain't just going to give us a little victory. He's going to give us a great victory. Amen? We're going to see it. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. So listen to what he says. So they was walking in darkness. They have been increased. They have been uh, multiplied. So they're a great nation. Listen to this, y'all. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as in the day of Midian. So he comes in. He don't, he don't. Anybody know about the battle of Gideon when he was in Midian? Anybody know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gideon goes down and he has this army of 32,000 men. God tells him that he has too many. So Gideon said, anybody who God tells him to ask him, anybody who's scared, just go home. 10,000 men leave. 10,000 men just go, that, uh, let me just tell somebody, that ain't how the military work now. <laughs> just want you to know that that ain't how it work now. You in, you in. You in, you in. <laughs> so now Gideon has 22,000 men, and, and God tells him, Gideon, you, you got too many. So Gideon takes these men down to the water, and, and, and they get to drink. And as they are drinking, God tells Gideon, who, the ones that's lapping like a dog, the ones that's watching and ready, just in case they're under attack, those are the ones you're going to take with you. So Gideon sends home over t- almost over 21,000 men. So all Gideon has with him is 300 men. 300 men are now going to fight over 100,000 men. Are, are y'all with me? Yes, sir. 300 men 
are going to fight over 100,000 men in your nights. So, and I was, you know, if we just looking at it from the natural eye, it looks like an unfair fight. So God gives Gideon this battle plan to get pictures and lights. And he says, get pictures and lights and take these 300 men and, and they break up into groups of hundreds and God surrounds the Midianites, gives Gideon a word, Gideon gives the signal to the people, these 300 men break their pitchers and blow their trumpets. Listen, and the Midianites are so afraid, they begin to kill each other. <laughs> now listen, y'all. Only God. Only God can do that. Only God can take 300 men and go in and destroy 100,000 men. So what God was about to do to them for them was just like that. That God is going to give you the victory, and it ain't going to be a simple victory. It's going to be a mighty victory. It's going to be so great. It's going to look like you were going to lose. It's going to look like you were never coming out of darkness. It was going to look like you would never get the victory. But God is going to do a great thing. Amen. It says, just like in the day of Midian. Look what he says for every boot of the trampling warrior of the battle of the torment. And listen, every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Y'all, this, if this right here, if this passage stops right here, this is shouting stuff where I'm from, you know? The preacher would say, y'all ought to be shouting right now because this right here is good. Just this by itself is good because he has took them who was nothing. Shine a light on them, not because they've been good, but because he's good. Not because they they decided they was going to be better, but because he's a good God. He shows compassion and grace and mercy on those of us who don't deserve it. Anybody in here with me? We don't deserve it, but he's good to us anyway. But look, here, here's, here's the good stuff. It says this. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So I'm looking at this. So God is going to... Y'all already know he has these unusual battle plans. He has unusual battle plans. So he's going to give us a child. He's going to give us a son. And upon this shoulder of the child that we're going to receive, the government shall be on his shoulder. Isn't that something, y'all? That, that God says, hey, that I'm going to make a way out of no way. And I'm going to use a child. I'm, I'm going to send you a baby. And this baby shall carry the government on his shoulders. Who, listen to what they say his name going to be. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's going to be our Wonderful Counselor. Why? Because he is the one, the only one who can make wise plans. He is the only one who will be, who is the true wise ruler. His 
capabilities will be far beyond human capabilities, far beyond what humans' mind can wrap their minds around. He's our wise counselor. Why? Because he knows his thoughts, thoughts toward us, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. He knows this about us. He already knows, so he's going to be a wonderful counselor. He knew what he wanted for Judah. He knows what he wants for us. We can rest in him. Why? Because he is a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. He's going to be our mighty God. Isn't that good news? He was going to be their mighty God. He is our mighty God. Why? Because he has all power in his hand. He's going to be our mighty God. Why? Because he's going to come down and dwell with us. He's a mighty God. He's going to be fully God and fully man. He's going to walk with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's not going to be some God who's off away, who doesn't know about us. Our Savior will know about us. He will know all that we will go through. Nothing will compare to who he is. No, nothing, no one will compare to who he is. He's going to be an everlasting father. I don't know about you guys. I am watching, I'm watching my dad decline. It hurts my heart. I've known my dad to be this strong man. My dad always was the one. But I'm watching him decline. I'm watching his strength leave. I'm watching him walk slow to do things he could practically run to do. I'm watching my dad move from one room in the house to the other. My father's strength is leaving him. And it's happening right before me. It hurts me that I know that one day He's not going to last forever. And it hurts. But we got a father. Y'all with me? We got an everlasting father. One who will care for us like nobody else. But y'all, 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 y'all with me? We got a father who sits high and he looks low. My father, my earthly father, has done what a father should do. But because he's limited, can't last forever. This father, this child will be our father, y'all. I, I, I don't say that half-heartedly. I, I, I'm standing here not, not in pain. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in pain when I think about my earthly father. But because my earthly father 
told me about the everlasting father. Because my earthly father told me about the father who will never fail. I got some joy in this whole situation. Are y'all following me? So, so the everlasting father for Judah, he was going to take care of them. He was going to care for them. He was going to make sure all their needs were met. And that's what our everlasting father is doing for us. He's away taking care of us, making sure that one day when we see him, that everything will be taken care of. Amen. The everlasting father, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's going to take care of all of our enemies, y'all. He's going to make sure that every enemy has been defeated. So Isaiah is telling this to people 700 years before Christ comes. He's saying to them that a child's going to be born. The government going to be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's telling him this stuff, y'all. He's telling them that y'all got something to look forward to. He's not telling them like this might happen. He's talking to them like it already has happened. So those of us who trust in the Father, can live, guess what, y'all, like it's already happened. Amen? Amen. Amen. We've got the victory. Listen, I, I, we, we talked before, we said this before, that we don't, we don't want us to believe in this escapism. But I want you to know, y'all, we got something to look forward to. We got something to look forward to. When I was in boot camp, they told us, they was like, listen, if you make it, if you make it, There's a day coming where you get to walk across the parade deck for the first time in your life, be called the United States Marine. And if we were so focused on that day, we would miss things that we should be accomplishing along the journey. Listen, we can be focused. We can be focused on the day when we see him. But there are some things that he wants us to get while we're here right now. He wants us to know how to love one another. He wants us to know how to treat one another. He, he said it in his word. We got to love him and then love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what he wants us to do. So he's given us time, y'all, to be the church that he's called us to be. He's given us time to do the things that we ought to do. For him, for him, there will be no end to the kingdom. His government going to be everlasting, you know. You know what happens in this country. Do I need to remind you that every four years we get a new president? Yeah, yeah, every four years. Sometimes it may stretch a little longer to eight years. But after eight years, he got to go. He got to go. Listen, there ain't nothing going to happen. I don't care what you do, what you try to say. In eight years, that's the max for you. You got to go. But this king, there will be no end. There will will be no more elections. Hello, there will be no more campaigning. There will be no more mudslinging. There will be no more name calling. 
because he's going to be the king forever. He's going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Are y'all with me? Y'all know what happens during the election? Good people turn evil. Good people. I'm, I'm just saying. It happens. It happens, man. You see commercials slandering this person. You see commercials slandering. We see it all the time. It happens. In this kingdom, y'all, we won't have to worry about that. Amen. It won't be no name calling. The only name we're going to be saying is Jesus. Only words we're going to be saying is hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. To this king, his justice and righteousness will have no end. This king will be light of the world. We won't need J.E.A. <laughs> Hello? We won't need him. We, we won't need him. We won't need J.E.A. to... to to allow us to turn on our lights, y'all. The best thing I'm going to like about this is we ain't going to have to pay J.E.A. <laughs> Are y'all following me? I want us to see. Listen, listen, I'm trying to get us to see that he's going to be our light. We're not going to need anything else outside of him. That's what Isaiah was telling them, that the child that is coming, he's going to be everything that you need. He is going to be it. And just like Judah, just like Judah, they had to trust in him. And guess what? So do we. We have to trust in him. We have to put our trust in him. We cannot put our trust in other sources expecting only what God can give. We can only rest in him. Those who have walked in darkness, y'all, that's us. Those of us who have trusted Christ in our hearts, guess what, y'all? We have walked in darkness. Is that anybody here? If anybody would tell the truth, have you not walked in darkness? But you have accepted him in your heart. And we, we, listen, we have trusted him to be our Lord. And now he is our light. Isaiah preached to them like it had already come to pass. So I preach to you today in the hopes that you believe that it already has come to pass. So as simple as this, he is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting father. He is our prince of peace. And that's what he was telling them. So it's, it's true for us today. It's true for us today that he is coming back again. And when he comes, I want to see his face. When he comes, I, I want to I know him as my Savior. Amen? We don't, have, we don't have a lot. We don't have to do all this stuff. He is ours. If you have put your trust in him, you can rest in him. Let's rest in him. Father, we thank you today for the privilege of knowing you. We thank you, God, for the words that were spoken to the people of Judah many, many years ago, right in the midst of their tough times, God, how, how in the midst of their tough times, you shine light on them. You Increased them. You gave them joy 
in the midst of sorrow, not because they've done anything, not because they were deserving, but because you are a kind and compassionate God. So, Father, today, as we are your people, God, we realize that all that we have is because of you. All that we will ever receive will be because of you, not because we're worthy, not because we're deserving, but because you are a kind and compassionate God. So, Father, we pray that we are people who are committed to your justice and that we seek things of heaven. Father, we pray that we are people who are able to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. So, Father, we pray now that you will lead and guide us. And, Father, we pray that we are people who will humbly follow after you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.